So I had a, this is a, a new, new one for me. I had one sermon prepared. I ditched that one. I wrote another one this morning, ditching that one. So I prepared two sermons this week. Maybe the Lord's trying to tell me something. <laughs> I'm going to start. I'm, I'm going to be an adjunct professor at a seminary on sermon preparation, and it's going to be five minutes long for the whole semester. And just be like, just show up and open your mouth. How the, how the word of God in your heart, you'll be all right. And so um, I wanted to, you know, share this morning and in all all honesty, you know, the past few days, I've been just struggling with uh, basically kind of like what to do for Travis, what to do for the awakening. You know, there's so much stuff in the world, and I'm, I'm a guy that likes to feel like I'm doing something. And, you know, and you want to, to guys, I was, or I was, least speak for myself is like when you see something wrong I'm gonna go fight something <laughs> and and so if that but the Lord just doesn't work in the ways that we work and so whether you're you know if if you've got anger in the sense of uh, injustice is what happening in our country on multiple levels that makes you mad um, going out and attacking in the ways that man does doesn't work in God's kingdom. And it's, like I said a few weeks ago, we went and saw David Hogan. Uh, and David Hogan is about as much of a warrior in the kingdom of God that I've ever met. And so he says, listen, the battle is not against the government. We're battling hell. Like hell has been unleashed in our country. And you don't fight forces of darkness and the powers and the principalities. You don't fight them with earthly weapons. It says, actually, in Ecclesiastes, it says, wisdom is better than weapons of war and that a poor man, by his wisdom, saved a city. And so we need to see cities saved, right? And the government has their role for enforcing the law, but believers, we have our role of Praying, first of all, for the wisdom of God to manifest in, the, in our cities, especially cities that are experiencing the riots and the destruction. And, uh, you know, but you, over the past few days, I've just felt like, you know, haven't done anything right. How many of y'all are familiar with the Enneagram personality test? All right. How many of y'all are ones? I know, I know this one over here is one. So when you're when you're a one, you have a you have a um, and by the way the, the your identity in Jesus trumps all personality tests. All right, just want to get that out of the way. So if it doesn't look like Jesus, don't blame it on your personality test. Okay, this helps give you a little bit of self awareness. No, I can no I can be sharp in the way I talk to you because I'm this. I don't have to be nice to you. God made me with this personality. No, that's your unredeemed personality. So anyways, and these look like Jesus. We're all being conformed into the image of Jesus. But it does help you for some self-awareness and the way that you tend to 
to think or operate. Therefore, one, you're your own worst critic. You have a strong inner critic. And so when you start having a, a couple of mess-ups, can, you, can, you don't like that at all. And uh, you either get mad or you get, you get mad at somebody else or you get mad at yourself. And so, you know, for me, I was at that place of, uh, man, I don't, I don't like myself sometimes. And it wasn't even anything huge. Like, it wasn't, Jessica and I didn't have any major, a major blowout or anything. You just feel like you're, you're messing up and you're not. Um, for me, it was I had not been thinking in some areas of my life the way Jesus would think. And I just hate it when that happened. And so, um, and so I was reading this morning in Proverbs 30. I was just like, Lord, I need, I need a word from you. And I just turned to the proverb of the day. It's August 30th, so I turned to Proverbs 30. It said, these are the collected sayings of the prophet Agur. Son. The amazing revelation he imparted to Ithiel and Yukal, and I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. Verse 2, God, I'm so weary and worn out, I feel more like a beast than a man. I was made in your image, but I lack understanding. I've yet to learn the wisdom that comes from the full and intimate knowledge of you, the Holy One. How many of y'all ever felt like that? You're like, God, I know I'm made in your image, but I feel like a beast right now. I feel like I have no understanding. I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just led by this fleshly nature of my, that I was born with, that you crucified. Lord, I thought you crucified this time, right? And um, it goes on to say in verse 4, who is it that travels back and forth from the heavenly realm to the earth? Who controls the wind as it blows? And holds it in his fist who tucks the rain into the cloak of his clouds? Who stretches out the skyline from one vista to the other? What is his name? And what is the name of his son? Who can tell? This is before Jesus, right? And so we're, you know, Jesus said that we're sheep. All of us, even your pastor. Because you have one great shepherd. Pastors are just little shepherds. But we're all sheep, and sheep are not very good leaders of themselves. Sheep will go off a cliff. They will eat grass by the lion's den. They, we, just don't, we just don't lead ourselves very well. But sheep have one ability. They've got one skill. 
They know their shepherd's voice. That's what saves them. As long as they listen to the shepherd. That's their one skill. That's the only thing they know how to do. And as long as they do that one thing, they go eat in the green pasture and they drink beside the still waters. But if they try to go off by themselves, they're dead meat. And the same is true for us. And for me, I know my part is I got to get over myself. It's actually, you know, pride can manifest two different ways. It can manifest as I'm always right, or it can manifest as I'm a worm. It sounds ironic. But when you say I'm a worm, you're saying, God, my, I'm too big for you. <laughs> and so once again, it calls us to live in the radical middle where you recognize apart from him, you have nothing. With him, you have everything. But to be never, to not be teachable or correctable is pride. To always be wallowing in the dirt of self-pity and condemnation is pride. And only Holy Spirit can help you live in that middle place. The flesh takes you to either one of those extremes. And that's why you, we have to know the voice, right? You have to know the voice. And so... Sorry. This. Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm getting, sometimes you preach and you're preaching to yourself and that just hit me. And I know my father's voice, and Josiah, uh, when you're in the yard and you can't see me or mom, do you know who's, when I call for you, do you know if it's me or mom? All right, you know it's me, right? We got two different, two very different voices. Now, if Mr. Brian was at the house and he called for you, would you think that was my voice, even though you couldn't see it? No, because you know your daddy's voice, right? And so, 
That's what it's like for us as children of God. We don't have to see our Father, but we know His voice. We know He's there. I know one thing I do know the Lord told me to talk about this morning. He said, talk about the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, and the Passion Translation, you know, a lot of our translations, it talks about Him as the Comforter, the Healer, or the, the Helper, our encourager and the passion translation says you can interpret that as the way that the aramaic which was jesus's language is holy spirit's name could be called redeemer from the curse all of those words that jesus used holy spirit so big that jesus gave him multiple titles right because he's Jesus is describing himself. <laughs> God's got a lot of names. And so he describes Holy Spirit, who is the Spirit of Christ, as the Redeemer from the curse. And Jesus said, it's good that I leave you. How many of y'all have wanted Jesus just to like, can you show up in my room, please? Can you show up? Like, can I see you? But Jesus said it's better that he leave for us to have the Holy Spirit. And I was like, Lord, why did you why did you say it's better? Why does that why is the Holy Spirit better? Because I can't see him. But Jesus was speaking to his disciples and Jesus, think about this. Jesus came as a man like you and I, and he couldn't be everywhere at once in that time. But he said, Holy Spirit, he can be with you all the time, everywhere. Whereas sometimes, you know, if you're in Galilee and Jesus was in Jerusalem, you had to go to Jerusalem. <laughs> but Holy Spirit's with you everywhere and every time. And during worship, I was, you know, the, the Old Testament is a type and shadow of the New Testament. And I was thinking, I've been listening to Exodus, and I, you know, I said the east wind blew all night and separated the Red Sea, which caused the Israelites to pass through it. The wind blew all night. It was the wind of God. Who's the wind of God? The <laughs> The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the one who, he parts the seas, he makes the things impossible, possible. He delivers us from our oppressors. He delivers us from our sin. He delivers us from our strongholds, our mindsets that enslave us. And so, he's the redeemer from the curse. It goes further on in the Proverbs 30. Every promise from the faithful God is pure and proves to be true. Verse 5. He is a wraparound shield of protection for all his lovers who run to hide in him. Never add to his words. 
or he will have to rebuke you and prove that you're a liar. God, there are two things I'm asking you, I'm asking you for before I die, only two. Empty out of my heart everything that is false. Every lie. Every lie you believe you I'm adding this, every lie you believe about yourself, every lie you believe about somebody else, every lie you believe about our country or whatever the case may be. Empty out my heart, everything that is false, every lie and every crooked thing. And give me neither undue poverty nor undue wealth, but rather feed my soul with the measure of prosperity that pleases you. May my satisfaction be found in you. Don't let me be so rich I don't need you or so poor that I have to resort to dishonesty just to make ends meet. Then my life will never detract from bringing glory to your name. And I want you to turn to John chapter 16. Verse 5, it says, but now I'm going to him, this is Jesus speaking, to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. He had previously told them he was leaving. But it's to your, but I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away. For I do not go, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you no longer see me. And concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. But he will not speak on his own initiative. But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said, he takes of mine and will disclose it to you. So the Holy Spirit convicts of sin. And so sometimes I was talking, I had lunch with a friend, Joe Goddard, and we were just talking about asking the Lord for godly sorrow over our sin because that's the sweet spot with the Lord. That's where you can actually experience his comfort and his mercy. But only the Holy Spirit can convict us of sin. concerning righteousness because I go to the Father. You no longer see me. So Holy Spirit shows us what's right and what's wrong. 
He shows us how to live in like, in a, in abide in, in the Father and be right with, with God, so to speak. Being right with God means being in, in alignment with him, cooperating with him. That's what righteousness is. It's, it's not, um, you know, God, it, it talks about the spirit of lawlessness working in the earth, and we're seeing that right now in our nation with just rebellion and lawlessness. First John 3 says lawlessness is sin. And so it's this rebellion that every man and woman has in their heart against God unless Jesus comes and, turn, and you're born again and you're born from heaven, right? Instead of a rebellious earth. And, and so he convicts, of, he convicts of sin and righteousness and all the laws. So the Pharisees were called lawless men. And I was like, but they had more laws than anybody. What does that mean? They made up law. And what I feel like the Lord means by their lawless men is that all of their workings, it had nothing to, God's law, he says, it's written on your heart, right? So all of his laws are connected to your heart. Why, does it, why would the Holy Spirit convict you of something you're watching? Is it because it's just this thing that he doesn't want you to do? No, it's because it's connected to your heart. Why does he not want you to lie? Because it's connected to your heart. Why does he not want you to murder? Because it's connected to your heart. The Pharisees were making up rules like, hey, before you go to, every night before you go to bed, you got to fluff your pillow. Hey, before you uh, brush your horse, spin around three times. Stuff like that. The, the commandments of God are connected to your heart. But the laws of men are not. It's just this thing that is sacrifice without obedience. So when it talks, when you see the word righteousness, think about being just in line and in agreement with God. That's what that means. It's not you're trying to do all the things right. It's not about being okay or being good. It's about just submission. It's about getting, just doing what the Father says and hearing what he says. But you got to hear what he says first. That's all it means. And then concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. So Satan has already been judged. He's already been given his sentence. And people, and so he's under condemnation and he's under wrath. And, and Romans 1 talks about people who are, op, who are cooperating with Satan are under wrath as well. You're un, they're under judgment. And so when you get on, so this is the simplest way I know how to put it, you get on Jesus' team. You get under the blood. You get out from wrath. You get on Satan's team. You come under wrath. You come under judgment. And so hell was created for Satan and his demons and all those who follow him. But it was, it was created for the devil, and he's just pulling people down with him. So the Holy Spirit is here this morning. And he wants to just, he wants to minister to us. And I just want the, the worship team to come up here. And just a reminder of kind of, if you, of how we're doing things is that we have a time of worship. I preach for a little bit, but we're, our ministry time now, the back end is worship and ministry. And we're giving Holy Spirit space 
to minister to our hearts. And so this is your time to engage with the Lord. This is your time to ask him questions. This is your time to open up your heart and to hear from him and let him minister to you because Holy Spirit is a lot better at setting you free than any preacher. And so we want to give him space and we want to give him room to do what he does. But you have to give him room. It's just, I was just like, hey, Chris, nice to meet you. I heard you're great at, uh, at stacking chairs. Let me see you, let me see you uh, stack some chairs. And then you, you walk off or whatever. You know, it's just, we have to give him room to, to do what he does, to see what he can do in our hearts. And it's not just here on Sundays. It's, it's, it's uh, at home by your with your family and asking him to come. So let's worship and let the Lord minister to you. If you feel like you need prayer, well, you can come up. I'll pray for you. Have uh, other people that will pray for you. Just ask somebody, hey, would you pray for me? All right, guys, let's worship.